I got some. Uh, so I went to my parents' house. This is. Um, I haven't been there in a couple months, and I had a bunch of crap from Walmart show up. And uh, guess the condition of their uh, items. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you, it's a plot twist. They're in excellent shape. They have boxed every single item. Uh, but this is this is my uh, retro uh, Bubba Fett. Oh, uh, you broke. You're frozen. Oh, you can't see me. I can see. You're. I can hear you now. But you're okay. frozen. I don't know. Well, I mean, you look great on this side. So uh, check your internet connection, or I don't know. Uh, I I'm pretty sure it's your internet connection. Oh, okay. Well, I'm wired in, so my computer says uh, Carl's internet connection sucks. <laughs> it says right here. Okay. Oh, got so. it. Got it. Uh, weird how it singles me out, but uh, hey, man, Apple's really fancy. So well, there's only two of us, so it's you know. not that hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm actually kind of weirded out that. The Bubba Fett came in really great shape because I was going to open all of them. The other ones didn't come in good shape, and then now right. I have now like, oh, you give me the one I really wanted carded in really good shape. <laughs> of course you did. So uh, probably open him, but I'm sad that I'll be doing that because it looks really good. Do you do the exacto knife open so you can put him back in? I I mean I guess it's not worth doing that. I just need to make a decision and go with it. I think I'm going to open them all. Uh, I got. Real Ghostbusters, the other two showed up at my parents' house and they're in great shape. This nice. is this is Peter Vinkman and Ray Stance. The other ones I ordered sent I had to do them in two different orders because of the way the pre-orders like were popping in and out of stock. And I ordered half of them to my parents' house, so I didn't have them until just now, even though the other ones arrived like months ago. So it sounds like, like your parents' distribution center is the way to go. <laughs> They're in good shape, man. They're all in boxes. So, and then, and then, lastly, uh, my Escape the Dark Sector came. So, oh, uh, sick! So I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, you need to go out and buy it uh, because I think it's going to be awesome. I'll tell you how good it is. I'm sure it's amazing. Just got to prioritize those dollary dues. You know, oh, I know, man. It's getting harder and harder. I got sleeves too, which I forgot. So I got sleeves for the cards. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, but uh, board game crack, <laughs> board game crack right there. Oh, sleeves. yeah. That's what sure. pe- that's why people buy board games so they can. They sleeve want them. something to sleeve. <laughs> there needs to be, yeah, dude. The there should be a service where so, uh, they send in someone else's board game and you just sleeve them, and then you send out the board game to someone else because you're not going to play it. <laughs> so there needs to be a subscription <laughs> service, right? Yeah, I did a thing the other day, shifted around my budget for the year and made a, a purchase it's, that I'm pretty excited about, in case you can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> what is it? Box party wagon. Oh, yeah. Well, tell tell people yeah. about that. Uh, yeah, well, I ordered a, a bo- inbox 1988 or 89 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles party wagon. Oh, I'm really excited for it to come. That's amazing. It's box. So, is it yeah. ever been opened? Yeah, it's been open, but it's, but it's the complete. box is in super nice condition right. and it's complete and looks like it hasn't been played with. So, I'm I'm pumped. That's awesome. Our, the box is awesome looking. Um, yeah, I mean, I think they always had great art, but that one in particular has excellent iconic art on it. I believe the gentleman who did that artwork, his name is Joe King. 
Okay. And he floats around on Instagram and comments on people who post his artwork. We should maybe try and uh, talk to him. That'd be kind of cool. That would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Any any way to um, feed that nostalgia and talk to the people that we have to blame for being so into it. I think that's a, <laughs> a way to go. Well, I, I say we start the show. What do you say? Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me, can I grab, I'm going to grab a drink real quick. Yeah, for sure. Okay, guys, now that Noah's gone, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is the real fans right here. What do you guys want to say behind Noah's back? We should talk about something. Yeah? Yeah? That's fucked up. Why would you say that? That's crazy. Carl. Still had his earbuds. I find in. it a little sad that uh, when I'm gone, your only friends are imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I didn't realize you had your earbuds in. Yeah, for sure I did. I'm not, I'm not new. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. All right, let's start right, this thing. When you are. All right. So, uh, welcome to Play With It, guys, podcast where we talk toys, board games, and other things we should have outgrown. My name is Carl, and with me, as always, my best friend, the pinky to my brain, Noah. How you doing, everybody? Uh, so, no, we can't go any further with that that introduction. Why? Pinky to your brain, huh? I don't know. I'm always thinking of like iconic duos. I did Batman oh, to Robin, yeah. pinky in the brain. Oh, totally You're, makes sense that I'm the pinky in this yeah, situation. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Okay. I don't know. I got All to right. since, since you have me introduced. I figured you do out. know. Don't backtrack. You know what you did. <laughs> I may have thought about it prior. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> there, it may have been premeditated. I'll think of more uh, iconic duos where, uh, you know, I think you were Batman to my Robin. So that was that was pretty good. I got to flip it every now and then. All right, everybody. Listen, I know you're tired of hearing this. You probably all listen to a lot of podcasts. You hear it two or three times an episode per podcast. We come to find out the reason why podcasts say this all the time is because it really does help. So if you're listening, if you like what we're laying down, even if you don't like what we're laying down, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It really helps out. If you have a little extra bit of love in your heart for us, go ahead and leave a written five-star review. That helps even more. You can find us on, uh, what is it, Carl? Stitcher. Yeah. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on all the good places. We even have a website with links to everything, everything we're on. So you can just pick and choose how you want to listen to our glorious, glorious opinions and voices. Um, So if you could do that, it'd mean a lot to us. We're everywhere. And uh, you want to find us, we're there. Spotify. He didn't mention Spotify. People love that Spotify. We have friends that won't listen to us because we weren't on Spotify. So we said, hey, we'll get on there. So we're on there now. And and we're hard up for those two listens. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It It doubles our listenership. (laughs) Uh, So... (laughs) Yeah, leave that five-star rating um, and a positive review because you know you can get them free stickers from us, guys. Just email oh, yeah, us. yeah, I forgot. Yeah, just email us with your screen name that you use to leave the review and your mailing address. Just email us at mail at playwithitpodcast.com. I was right. I just forgot the mail part. <laughs> mail at playwithitpodcast.com. Uh, one more time, mail at playwithitpodcast.com. And uh, <laughs> we'll send you some stickers just for leaving the review and saying cool stuff about us. Just two sentences. I, 
Yeah. I don't even have the stickers yet. Yeah, and you're not I'm getting the any. first one. T- I was the first one to five star review our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll send you some. Uh, it might take me a little bit of time, uh, but I do have stamps and envelopes now. That was a whole snafu with the envelopes. Uh, it was humid in my house, and they fused together. The glue, they were all glued together, every single. Oh, man. Uh, so I bought more, and I have them. But That's financially devastating right there. Uh, yeah, it what? cost like, me a whole $7 to get another 50 <laughs> That's actually a lot more than I thought. <laughs> but hey, man, Amazon Prime is awesome. You get it in like two days. Uh, yeah, so if you want your free stickers, leave that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Email us. Tell us you did it, the screen name you used. And your mailing address, and boom, we'll send them off. So, first, let's talk about some board game stuff. We've been pretty toy heavy lately, and honestly, trying to figure out why that is. And I think it's because we haven't seen anybody else in six months. <laughs> I haven't had a, I haven't had a board game night since February, and uh, it just I think that took the wind out of our sails on talking about games because guess what. Uh, I don't have anyone to play with, but I mean, there's no, some two player stuff, but I think that really took a dampener on everybody. Totally. I, and you know, being stuck inside, my brain don't work so good no more. So it's actually more, uh, frustrating to do something that makes me think. So, That's true. Yeah. You kind of want to turn your brain off when you've been, uh, we've been working harder since, uh, COVID than, uh, than not uh noah's on all the time uh doing it stuff from home so he's uh he's been burnt pretty hard <laughs> i can't imagine he wants to do more strategy you're strategizing all day <laughs> how am i getting all this shit yeah. done in enough time <laughs> but uh yeah but yeah so i having said that even though we're not like out playing games all the time um well, we're gonna get to a point where we can and uh you know have our game night i get to see my buddies uh out of town that we do our game nights with uh, soon enough. But in the meantime, just trying to think of like some topics to kind of cover. A lot of people our age, they have like a family game night or they're playing with their kids or even if, it, if they're just playing with others, but it might be something they haven't tackled before. We all know that there's games out there that are gateway games that get people that don't normally play a board game or tabletop games kind of into it. It's a nice uh, starting point. It's not overly complicated, and it kind of gets people just excited and in the habit of playing that game. And one of those games is Pokemon Academy. It is basically a board game version of their trading card game. And I know Pokemon had a big impact on my age group uh, back in like 99, 2000. That was the it. Oh, yeah. It was the it thing. I spent all of my allowance and constantly begged my parents to take me to Toys R Us to go and and buy Pokemon cards. I didn't really play the game until I was a, a young adult, but I had all the cards and I have nostalgia for the video games. You know, you fast forward to now, kids are still playing it. The parents are into it because of the nostalgia. And this Pokemon Academy game is a, a board game version. They give you three decks you have all the damage counters. You have this really nice game board with all kinds of sections to put like your Pokemon, your battle area, your deck. Just a really nice presentation. A lot of materials to help you learn the game. 
Uh, there's like a video tutorial. I watched about half of it. I didn't even realize. I thought it was a commercial. And then I was about eight minutes into it. And I realized it wasn't a commercial. It was teaching me how to play the game. And they did a really nice job, really high production value. And it's 20 bucks and you can just get it at stores. Uh, you can get it online since a lot of us are stuck. But uh, yeah, I think this is a great idea, like 20 bucks. So growing up, I too had Pokemon cards and Magic the Gathering cards. But I could never teach myself how to play. I yes. found the instructions to be too confusing um, for the ages when I got those. I was a little older for Pokemon, but I just like no one wanted to play in my house. And so like it was it was just super confusing. Um, so I kind of fell off. So I think this is this is a really good idea. It's kind of the uh, the first little taste um for free to get you hooked on the main, you know, the main course. It's definitely yeah. a, a really clever way to push the drug that is collectible card games. Yeah, I mean, you know, a booster is low entry point and, uh, you know, you can buy a deck. Uh, you've always been having like the pre pre-constructed decks, but that doesn't give you everything you need. Uh, a booster is just some cool cars and then you're trading it with your friends and that's how they originally got you hooked, especially like our age. We always bought booster packs and I never messed with the with the pre-constructed decks because it just, you had the little tiny manual about the size of a card and you're like fl flipping through <laughs> yeah. it and there's no like artwork or anything. Um, so yeah, the, that curve of going from a casual impulse buy to someone that is like way into it and b doing the deck building and they're playing with their friends. This product really bridges that gap, I think. And uh, for 20 yeah. bucks, you're getting those three decks. So you have the replayability of, well, you and your buddy, you and your kid, like if you, I, I'm going to play with my nephew, I think. I'm going to buy this. Uh, he's seven. I think he might be old enough to pick. We were playing a little bit of Magic the Gathering, just kind of teaching him how, it was very like walkthrough style, but he was getting the concepts and, and loved. He was playing red. So he was like so into like dragons. <laughs> he got a dragon and he about shit himself. And it was like really awesome. So I know that this can work. Uh, Pokemon is a little more streamlined uh, than Magic. It's got everything you need in it. It's a low price point. So I think this is a really great idea. And to that point, uh, I found out that Hasbro slash Wizards of the Coast putting out Dungeons and Dragons uh, board game called Adventure Begins. This is neat because this is a, another product that is meant for like bringing that vibe of Dungeons and Dragons tabletop RPG into a board game format that limits a lot of the options, but makes it really streamlined for people. It's two to four player co-op. You're choosing um, out of kind of like a list of different journeys, and then you're picking a boss fight to fight at the end. Um, you have pre-made characters, but you do have some customization. They have standees for the monsters. They have little minis for the characters. You have card aids that were like, I guess, your spells and such. Uh, there's some um, some cardboard tiles to lay down. Um, it's aimed at like 10 and up. So if if you're like our age and you have like a nephew or like your son and daughter, you want to do like a game night and you kind of want to bring that RPG vibe, you can do that. Yeah, a son or daughter for sure. Like that, that's huge. But honestly, Dungeons and Dragons is more popular than ever right now. And once... Uh, you know, COVID happened and people were like stuck at home or looking for opportunities to do things online as a group. I think it's actually exploded even more. But the major hurdle to anyone getting into Dungeons and Dragons, like I, 
I've always been kind of into it. Fifth yeah. edition is when I really buckled down. Yeah. But if you go on to any, if you go on to like Roll20, which is a D&D website, or like Reddit, th- like the major hurdle of playing D&D is getting a Dungeon Master. Yeah. No one wants to be Dungeon Master when they start because it's really intimidating. And um, good Dungeon Masters are really hard to find. Yeah, And so what's cool about this game is, I mean, even if you just want to play with your friends, like and get your friends going, you can all not be the dungeon master or at least be the dungeon master for a little bit, which is the really cool part about this game. Yeah. So the twist that I, that really caught my attention is that you don't have a dedicated dungeon master. It actually has the dungeon master role passed every turn. So you, everybody gets a chance to be the dungeon master for a turn. And that's going to add a really interesting dynamic and kind of soften the blow of, well, no one wants to be the dungeon master. Or alternatively, I've heard that there's groups that everybody wants to be the dungeon master. The idea is really cool, but it's a learning curve because you're controlling the rest of the game. And like Noah said, it's pretty intimidating. So to have, I know this is kind of more of a on-rails version of Dungeons and Dragons, but I think this is a great entry point for anyone that's been interested in it. Um, wants to have a large uh, age range, so it does. It's very versatile. I think this is something that people are going to get to the get to the table more than you know setting up a Dungeons and Dragons hardcore game, you know, w- with uh, people and then trying to find a dungeon master. And so, oh my gosh, I'm I'm it, pretty so Dungeons and Dragons. I love it, but it's a lot of work. Yeah, like as someone who has been a dungeon master and has been on the other side, like. It's just a lot of work setting up your characters. Uh, set, if you're the dungeon master, literally setting up everything. Yeah, like making um, a campaign. It, it, yeah, it, it takes a huge investment of time before you even play. And then if it doesn't work out and your group doesn't stick with it, you basically wasted hours and hours of your life. Yeah, and your group did too because they had to build their characters, they had to choose their spells, their like they had to do everything. So I think this is a great way to even test the waters. It's twenty five bucks. Like that's not cheap, but it's not expensive. Yeah. Like 25 bucks to like get a taste because all the characters are pre-made. You have all your spells on the cards. Um, It kind of walks you through it. It's a great way to even test if this is something that would work for your group without going crazy. Yeah. um, And investing a ton of time. I think it's genius. And I hope that they continue with this. They could do expansions if it goes well. Um, it's, you know, Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast. I think it has a Hasbro logo on the box. This is an October release, I believe. So uh, should be hitting stores. I think it's going to be like big box. You're going to have big box uh, stores having this stuff. Um, uh, Amazon, everyone's going to have it. Yeah. Uh, Walmart, Amazon, Big Bad Toy Store. This yeah. is, And that gives it the best chance it can have to get new players, fresh blood. Uh, you want to play with your kids. You want to play with your bros. Easy setup, tear down. Look, it's not the same as playing fifth edition, but that's not what this is meant to be. It's to give you the taste, uh, give you a complete experience uh, quickly. And I think it's genius. I, I hope it does well. Uh, I'll probably pick it up, try to play with the family. It's pretty exciting. So we'll see how that goes. Toy news. It's news about toys. So guys, we got a lot of uh, toy talk to talk about now, and uh, I've been in a pretty <laughs> oh good mood. Gosh. I've been in a pretty good mood, and uh, I think we're going to start off in a pretty good mood. But there are some things that have uh, that have really uh, heated us up a little bit, uh, and so we'll <laughs> we'll see how we end up if we get too ridiculous, and we'll try to tone it down. 
Uh, but just to start, there have been a lot of events that normally happen during the summer and uh, fall. They have obviously got canceled and they have tried to find ways to have these events happen online. And with, I would say, mixed results. But I think we want to talk about a lot of the positives, Comic-Con being one of them. It's kind of the the biggest nerd fest uh, of the year. You find out yeah. about new movies. You find out about it, new toys, comics. It's everything. It's literally every every fandom all of a sudden now. Like If there's something new coming, Comic-Con is where you're probably going to find out about it. Um, which is kind of crazy that like it turned into that because it didn't used to be that way. But now it's yeah. literally everything. Yeah, it spiraled <laughs> like, out of control, but... It's pretty awesome. I hope to go one year, uh, but I also don't really like people enough to be shoulder to shoulder the entire time. But I think everybody that is into any kind of fandom, whether it be the Marvel movies or uh, reading comics or really into toys, if you're into anything a lot, it might be worth just checking out. I've gone to the uh, more close by comic-con and uh it is nowhere near like it but i do enjoy it and i do hope to go to new york comic-con uh that's not too far from me i'm on the east coast but one day i'll make the pilgrimage i think i think i'll make the pilgrimage but uh yeah, yeah. this year was different there no one made the pilgrimage and it was all online <laughs> and I, uh, I loved it as someone who will never go <laughs> most likely i mean i might go but usually like Comic-Con, like, for someone who isn't there, is, like, every YouTuber and podcaster has shaky phone videos of, like, Mm -hmm. the reveals. Everything is, like, starts out with crappy photos. Your first impression is usually a crappy photo, and then, like, the photos slowly get better and better as Comic-Con goes on. And and there's a video that's, like, uh, like Cloverfield uh, footage. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And they're, like, yelling at the top of their lungs because there's so much going on. Oh, yeah. But this year was like just a week, actually more than a week. I mean, it started well before the actual yeah. Comic-Con days, but it was like a week of just solid reveals with good pictures and like release dates. And and everyone, well, everyone was supposed to get opportunities to buy Comic-Con exclusives yeah. this year. That's it's not thing. just the people who went, but everyone got is, is like, everyone should get the chance. At least that was the idea. Didn't necessarily work out that way. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking specifically uh, from the toy perspective, but like Noah said, generally we just never get an opportunity at all unless you go or have a buddy go to Comic-Con and stand in line the entire day to get that one toy you really wanted because it's the only place you can get it. They're exclusives. Well, this year they put them online with mixed results, and um, we want to talk. First, I want to talk about a lot of the toy reveals that we were really excited about that um, hit online or are coming soon. Um, do you want to talk about the first? Yeah. So the first one was pretty interesting. Uh, there were like rumblings. People, people are like crazy, man. I don't know what they do with their day, but I think there's people who just sit online and look for Walmart to add new SKUs and hope it's like a cool toy. Yeah. Cause like well before like this was announced, people were like, Oh, yeah, here's the code names for the product. Here's how many that got shipped from China. Here's how many like we could expect. We don't know exactly what it is, but we can guess. And so like I'm I'm talking about the GI Joe retro line. Yeah. And so the 
it's a double-edged sword because it's cool to like kind of know what's coming and get excited, but also a lot of people had expectations that turned out to be wrong. So a lot of people and myself included to an extent, and I think maybe Carl too, to an extent, we're hoping that this GI Joe retro line was going to be a re-release of the old O-ring style GI Joes, the yeah. original ones. Yeah. We were hearing the rumors and uh, we knew how well the, uh, the retro line of Star Wars figures being literally like the same molds and then like similar packaging with a giant ugly retro sticker on it. Yes, it, right. And the Transformers from Walmart, the exclusives were like, dude, it has to be, you know, rubber O-ring legged, uh, you know, original 1983, 84 figures. It's got to be. And uh, we can't wait. We want that. This is our opportunity to get them cheap, just like we did with the Star Wars ones. So what yeah. do we end up with, Noah? Well, we ended up with re-releases from like the 25th and 30th anniversary lines, which are the modern updated GI Joes with modern articulation. Right. Um, on retro style cards. Right. And vehicles with retro style boxes, which is still cool. And I think I'm, in, I think I'm in to some of them. I'm, I'm going to pick and choose the line because, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of those 25th anniversary, especially the popular characters go for like outrageous amounts of money these days Yeah, because GI Joe's have been neglected for quite a while. Right. Um, but yeah, so we got uh, a storm shadow, which looks pretty cool on a retro card back. And so the retro card back has like the old original art. We got a snake eyes, um, which I don't know. I don't know if people are just like ch- picking and choosing things to be mad at. I think, I think yeah. it's really just a matter of the, it releasing the idea of it releasing so early that people really built up their expectations, but there was even grumbling to the point where like the retro artwork didn't actually match the toy. Right. So it was just like, this isn't retro at all. You just, you just put artwork on a card and now it's a retro line. Yeah. Um, we got uh Baroness, yep. right? We got yep. Baroness. And then as we got, I, the mo- thing I'm most excited about are the vehicles. We got yeah. the off striker who comes with crankcase and the box looks beautiful. I yes. think I'm more excited to display the box than sure. actually like display the toy. And then we got a uh, hiss tank with a new crimson guard or tank. Ah, I forget. It comes with a toy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah. Tank, the dude in red. I don't remember the hiss tank, but same thing retro artwork. I'm excited to display the box, <laughs> but the toy looks cool too. Yeah. I just, uh, it's not as exciting as original, you know, O-ring. Yeah, I, I we yeah, we yes. made up the coolest possible scenario in our heads, and a lot of people also felt that way. And then when when they came out, we had mixed feelings because we're like, it looks really cool, but it's not what we asked for. They did um, all these companies, uh, Hasbro having a lot of different toy lines. They did different live streams uh, during throughout a multi week period. So you had everybody had their own Comic Con at home uh, event. It was all these different, and that was cool. It was almost like virtually going to different like uh, presentations. So I think that was kind of the idea. I don't know if anybody planned that, but everybody, since it was every man for himself, we had these different streams, and they did a GI Joe one, and we we knew about the SKUs uh, from Walmart, and we're like, oh man, this is it, this is it, this is the GI Joe reveal. Um, now for us specifically we're newer to the gi joe games so we don't have the 25th and 30th anniversary figures that are now 
I don't know, eighty to hundred dollars, maybe forty dollars, depending on which one it is, because they're they're out of print. They haven't made them, and they have the cool artwork on the on the card backs. So we're in. We we both got the first waves. I, we like the modern articulation. They look really good. They're like they're classic outfits for the most part. Um, if you but a lot of people already had it and they were the most salty about it, and I get it. Uh, but this is a good product. And they look great. I just think that it was the disappointment mixed with, oh, you already released this with a different card back. They pulled a Hasbro on everybody, <laughs> just like they do with the, <laughs> just like with the um, the Black Series figures. Empire Strikes Back, 40th anniversary. We'll take the uh, the Bespin outfit or the whatever, and we're gonna put the retro card back on it and release it and maybe update it a little bit. Right, and that's essentially well, what they did here. So from. From what I've been reading, there it looks like there are some some new sculpts. Like Crankcase might have some new parts. Sure, sure. Uh, the His Tank Driver might have some new parts. But all in all, like the main three characters they released have already been released. Baroness, I think, was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive at one point, but they just did like a redeco on it. So I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I get why people would be disappointed, yeah. especially when you build up. But I don't know. It's cool. I think I think the it's cool toys that little kids like if they see them if they get yes. a chance to see them on the shelves, <laughs> yeah. like be like, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hasbro's <laughs> usually pre-order low. sold out. Pre-order sold out pretty fast. Yeah, and that was a whole not, thing. Not as fast as uh, others though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole, I think the only reason why we got them is they. Uh, I was I knew it would go fast. That and yeah. this will be another section in the podcast. But pre-orders were a nightmare. Yeah, uh, for the entire thing, um, but uh, with the leaked UPC codes, Carl and I were able to pull them all up before they necessarily went yeah. live or had pictures or actual real descriptions. Right, and they actually went for sale before they were even properly named. Yeah, <laughs> so that's how Carl and I were able to get them, but a lot of people weren't because they sold out very quickly. Yeah, it was within a couple minutes after actually going live, but the, we the they had placeholders that happened to have the same like UPC numbers on them. And we were worried about it swapping when the time hit and luckily it didn't. But yeah, I I think the other piece about it is it looks like a lot of fun because they included the vehicles. It really makes it a play. Uh, so a complete wave. I don't even know if I'm as much collecting them other than I might actually want to play with them. I think I'm taking them out. I'm same. putting them in the vehicles. I'm going to play with them. Yep. They're they're cheap. I think they were like 15 bucks a piece. The the I don't remember how much the uh, I think one was like 25 and one was 30 when it came to the uh, vehicles. They were both 25. Oh yeah, uh, just the For it sure. just seems like yeah, this is fun. It's not the collector yep. toy uh, line that I think we were expecting. But uh, I'm excited just to have fun with them because I don't care about opening them up and, you know, whatever. So uh, that was the first yeah. thing uh, that was released. Related to the G.I. Joes, they uh, they announced Target exclusive uh, line of the six inch classified. <laughs> yeah, um, those Boy, was that a mess. Yeah, th- they were a mess. Yeah. What, was there something new about it? I don't know. I, well, so, you know, they uh, announced them. It went for pre-order on Target website, which I don't know how they do these pre-orders, but it literally sold out in seconds. Yeah. Everyone says bots. Bots are buying it, yeah. which, you know, it makes sense because they then they show up on eBay for like five times the price. But then they like had a online release date and an in-store release date. Yeah. Then they moved the in-store release date, but didn't actually release them. And so some were showing up in stores and some stores would let you buy them. Some wouldn't because it wasn't the street date yet. Right. 
and uh, people are still having a really hard time finding them yeah. um, to the point where like flocks of grown people are like lining up at targets right before they open and running to the toy section, Wow, <laughs> which blows my mind. <laughs> but uh, they're really, the cool. it's right a really now. cool little wave of toys. They got a really neat um, Cobra soldier and they have beachhead, which is a character they've had uh, in the past. He looks great. They got great accessories. There's a neat roadblock uh, where he's like got camo pants and like some sort of like tank top and like a uh, and a beard. Uh, yeah, and a beard he and sunglasses. Looks like he looks <laughs> yeah, he looks so badass. I, I was kind of I passed on the first one, but I definitely want to hold it, get a hold of him uh, if that ever happens. They are popping up every now and sporadically in targets, but it's. Yeah, it hasn't been the greatest because they haven't lined up everything. And what you're, what we're finding, and we'll probably get into this later, these big box stores kind of do whatever they want, and they tell the toy companies what they're going to do, but it's really up to Target, Walmart, or whatever, as to how they handle it. And I think that is part of the issue. But yeah, yeah. so those are, those are neat. You should check those out. I think they call it, what's the line called? Oh, Cobra Island. Is Cobra the Island, yes. Cobra oh. G.I. Joe classified series, Cobra Island. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Cobra Island. Another thing, NECA, which we'll get into more about their pre-order uh, situation, <laughs> but they were we were excited about... Well, actually, it was an interesting roller coaster ride with the Ninja Turtles. Instead of the movie line, I guess it's kind of an offshoot because it's the Mutagen Tour box set, and it's all four yep. turtles with really badass like 80s um, instruments and it's harkening back to that really bad cash grab they did in the 90s right after the movie i guess it was a concert series like a concert tour um, it was a concert yeah. yeah yeah i remember hearing about coming, it coming out of their shells yeah and uh it's really bad it's yeah. like the songs are not good yeah uh, I've, I've i watched it recently just to like get a refresher and like there's not really too much redeeming about it uh it's definitely I'm, pretty terrible but it's it's cool and in the weird way and these toys perfectly capture the look and feel yeah. of the, the coming out of the shell down to the like kids that the the people wearing yeah. the suits uh were wearing like the sneaker the white sneakers just so that they could be yeah, comfortable while they're wearing incredibly hot uh latex rubber suits and holding instruments that they're probably not actually playing i'm sure it was all to a tape uh if i were to yeah, guess for sure but uh yeah so it's just kind of harkening back to that uh dumpster fire and people loved it though the kids loved it they're on talk shows i've seen them on talk shows that we were talking to them about the tour promoting oh. the tour back in the day <laughs> <laughs> this set was pretty interesting. So any NECA movie turtle San Diego Comic-Con set is always like the hot item people very sought after. So when it was announced, I was like, oh, great. Like another thing I'm not like, I, I actually have been very lucky in that I have a hookup that goes to San Diego Comic-Con. And yeah. so they've been able to get me the ones I want every year, which is incredible. But then this year it's not happening. So I was like, oh, okay, well, this is the one I'll miss then. Because yeah. uh, I know I won't be able to get it online. But I saw a lot of people saying, like, this is so dumb. Like, I don't want it. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. So I was like, oh, well, maybe most people don't want it. So um, it, it's, but, it's course, cheesy in a really great way. And I think it's poking yeah. fun of that whole scenario in a cool way. Oh, yeah. And even if you don't either remember that that, that happened, 
it's a, just a fun thing to see turtles with like you know guitars or whatever the fuck they're holding like different like guitar and all that stuff um so that we that was a but neat release while the, some fans might have said they didn't want it uh bots and resellers on eBay definitely wanted it and it sold out in literally like I was right there when it went live and didn't have a chance to buy it. Right. Um, well, I we'll found other ways, ways and means to get it, which I don't want to reveal on our podcast. Yeah. But you can DM me if you want to know, but uh, yeah, like it, it was just bananas going on eBay for like three, 400 bucks. Someone wanted a thousand for it. Yeah. It's come down because they have started showing up at target stores. And I think supply actually does outweigh real demand. It's just impatient people that are driving the prices. Yeah. But uh, yeah, cool set. Horrible pre-order experience. Yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, But another neat release. uh, One of my favorite companies and how they handled the whole Comic-Con at home is Super 7. And, you know, they have their they have their wave of Ninja Turtles coming out. Uh, They're dropping now. uh, People that pre-ordered are receiving their turtles. Uh, But at this time, they had not been released yet, but they had a special edition glow-in-the-dark Baxter, which is the fly scientist character from the toy line and TV show. And he is super cool. And... You know, Super 7 had these each day they had a theme. They had a really well-made video that was like a Mr. Rogers spoof where Brian Flynn, the 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 owner and president of Super 7, would like, you know, invite you into the house and change his sweater into a flannel shirt. And he would walk down the hallway and you'd sit with him. He'd have a cardboard made TV that he was using as a way to communicate with other people on his team and talk about the new reveals. It was a lot of fun. And uh, great. Uh, I don't remember if it was the first day or Turtle not. First day. Turtles were the first day. He did uh, Snoopy. It's like Peanuts releases. Um, he had like a old school, like classic Monsters Day. Um, it was really neat. But we were really excited about the glow in the dark Baxter because he's this really cool blue glow in the dark figure. It's the same design, but a different colorway and glow in the dark. But it was our way of getting, it was like when it released, you could get it and it was going to ship. So this would be our first way to get it in our hands. The but, ultimates. Yeah. The what? ultimates. Yeah. Sorry. This is a, what it's seven inch figure line that recreations of the original playmates toy line, but for adult yeah. collectors with lots of articulation accessories. If you want to know more, we gushed about it on one episode. I'm sure Carl can put which oh, episode yeah. is in the description. Um, but yeah, we're suffice to say we're pretty excited. And when we learned we could get this guy like immediately, it was definitely something we had to get. Plus he looked cool. I would have wanted him anyway. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. But now what was interesting is we were on it immediately and and pre uh pre-ordered it from their website or not pre-order but ordered it from the website when it dropped and honestly majority of the day it was available people were able to oh, get it uh up until like the late evening it finally sold out so and everybody that has received it at this point everybody has it i think and it's an amazing figure uh i was originally going to keep it in the box and i got so excited i ripped it out and started taking pictures and put it up on our instagram it was just so much fun. And when I was telling Noah about how cool it was, I was like, you know what? 
I was going to keep it in the box and never open it. And I totally just uh, fucked up that plan. But that's how cool it was and how fun it was. And, you know, while we're on Turtles, just an honorable mention, uh, Playmates has almost completely (laughs) stopped doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff, which is a conversation for another day. But they did release um, a really cool set of six reproduction 1988 figures in a party wagon box. So you open up the box and you have, you know, six individually carded uh, figures. Yeah. Soft too. Soft head. Yeah. And soft heads get re-released. So very Uh, cool. No, and I both secured uh, a copy of, uh, or uh, a set of those. Clear. Carl, Carl secured my copy and gave it to me for my birthday, which was awesome. I did. Uh, It was one of those things where I, saw that we could get it from GameStop. It was something we thought we wouldn't be able to get a hold of. So I saw the, oh, GameStop's going to have these. Someone posted the link. I popped on there. It was early in the morning. It's even an hour earlier than that uh, for Noah because of where he's located. And I bought one and I was like, Noah, wake up. You you need to pre-order this. And then I was just thought about like 10 minutes later. I was like, I can't let this go away. So I just bought another one and shipped it to his house. And then I was like, hey, uh, happy birthday. I ordered one for you instead of your house. I couldn't keep him from getting it. And he's like, man, that's awesome. That was what a great way to wake up. So. Yeah, very, very thoughtful. Um, we have them now. It's pr- it's a really cool set. Yeah. Uh, great displays piece. And then I think the last kind of like San Diego Comic-Con toy reveal that I know Carl was pretty excited about was the McFarland DC reveals. Yeah. Uh, I have been enjoying this line. Uh, we talked about it. I think uh, a pretty good amount earlier on when uh, McFarland announced that they were going to start taking over the DC adult collector toy line. And uh, they've had a f- couple waves now. I just recently got the Batman white Knight figure from the Sean Murphy, Batman series that he has uh, been putting out for the past, uh, I guess, couple years now. Also got the Azrael, the all red with a fiery sword uh, toy that he released. It's in that same, uh, the Curse of the White Knight, I think it's called. Very cool toys. They, they're hitting a stride because the first batch, I think there was a little bit of wonkiness. He has the animated series Batman toy that I actually hate that toy. It's uh, the legs are tiny and scrawny and will not stand. It may just be mine, but I'm so frustrated with it. I will never recommend that toy to anyone ever. Uh, but the comic version, I guess it's based off of the, uh, the current comic Batman, pretty classic version uh, came out around the same time. And he's very nice. So for a comic con, they unveiled their next couple of waves of toys. They, announced Dark Knight's Metal figures. There's a Batman Who Laughs, uh, Earth-22 Robin. There is a really cool infected Superman. I'm really excited about the Build-A-Figure, which is the Merciless, and he's from uh, Dark Knight's Metal. This is a comic book series from Greg Capullo and Scott Snyder. They did that really awesome Batman run. What was it? uh, Right after Flashpoint. That run was excellent. It's really well loved. And um, these Dark Knights metal figures are just like we're metal fans. We like this kind of vibe. And it's just really cool to see these designs done in toys. And it looks like they're going to be great. And if it's the same quality as what they're currently pumping out, it's going to be awesome. Super cool. Almost enough to make me want to jump in 
And also cool that they're putting out cool toys for DC now that DC Direct is closed. <laughs> There's oh. not. I don't know how many other options there'll be now. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't going to be a topic discussion, but we'll just graze over that a little bit. The parent company, Warner Media, uh, axed a whole bunch of people across the board. Um, like 800. Yeah, 800 people. They're... I think AT&T owns Warner Media that owns HBO and the DC streaming service and and the DC collectibles now called DC Direct which used to be called DC Direct uh and DC Comics. So all these little subsidiaries that really affect us, they cut out a lot of people from DC Comics. Jim Lee is still with the company, but he's not publisher anymore. But DC Direct is no longer in existence. And they had toys coming out. And I'm actually not sure what the aftermath is going to be. But it's really sad because they're making some cool stuff. But it will be very interesting to know where the rest of the toys are going to come from. And maybe McFarlane will pick up the slack because I think I've seen him speak. uh, I've seen Todd McFarlane speak a lot on what he's trying to do and the niche that he's trying to fulfill. A lot of people are making DC. There's no master license. You don't have Mattel making everything. So with them out of the picture, he was just doing a sliver of the adult collector, doing the strange characters, doing the deep cut characters, which we're excited about anyway. But you had DC Direct doing a lot of the iconic stuff, like the right out of the comic book, you know, normal costumed characters. And without them doing that, I don't know if that's just going to open things up with McFarlane or they'll give that to another company to to handle. So it'll be very interesting to see how that shakes out. But um, they had some cool reveals and stuff uh, that even I was like, I'm not even a huge DC fan. I was like, oh, that's a really cool toy. Like, I wouldn't mind playing with that. And the nice thing is that McFarlane pre-orders are very, like, very easy to get a hold of. Yeah. Um, and so this, I think this is a good point time to transition to the dark underbelly of San Diego Comic-Con Online, which is the pre-order Mageddon. Again, again, again. <laughs> I'll do a little bit of there. How about that? Um, um, we should probably have a song, song for this. When you've got a pre-order and it sells out in seconds and all of your fans are pissed, there's not much you can do. And as a fan, you're screwed because the cool things you missed. All right. I like it. There you go. (laughs) New jingle. (laughs) New jingle. When you've got a pre-order and it sells out in seconds and all of your fans are pissed, there's not much you can do. And as a fan, you're screwed because the cool things you missed. Yeah, uh, pre-order Mageddon. (laughs) Pre-order Mageddon, TM. And basically, what's funny is uh, if you thought we complained before this, now now is when I think a lot of it's going to come. These toys are usually exclusives. They're only at one place, and you stand in line all day, and then you get it. And then now you're having it open to everybody, but you didn't really increase the number of items. You didn't. It was kind of thrown together because... You know, earlier, I'd say spring, people were still hoping that things would lighten up and you could have Comic-Con. So I think you have a very interesting, perfect storm of lack of preparedness and being in a scenario we've never been in before when it comes to distributing these exclusives. I actually think there's another part of this perfect storm because it's not just exclusives that this like 
pre-order problems happened with like True. Cobra Island is a target exclusive, yeah. but it's not a San Diego comic-con yes. exclusive. That's going to be national. The, I think the part that also contributed to the problem we're going to talk about is people started realizing that collectors are impatient. They'll spend a lot of money and started realizing that they could take them to town with bots and reselling on eBay. I think this is a problem. So what we're talking about is pre-orders selling out in seconds and no one who's actually a fan being able to get them and then them showing up on eBay for extreme amounts of money. Yes. And so I've, this has been a huge problem in the sneaker collecting world for yeah. a long time uh, because there's limited drops. Like, you know, um, people spend thousands of dollars on bots to buy those drops and then sell them, resell them. Right. And I think somewhere along the road with everyone being online now and kind of stuck at home and online being the go-to people from that world and other scalping worlds kind of realize like, Oh, toy collecting. Yeah. There, there's a lot of impatient people who will spend all of their money to get something. Now, this is a great way to make a ton of money. And so like with all of these new reveals that were some San Diego comic-con exclusive, some just announced for like, during that area because there's a lot of attention almost all of them were selling out in seconds and majority of people like on twitter were like yeah i didn't get one i don't know who got got them like we don't know and then they would show up on ebay for like hundreds of dollars and people immediately and the company that bore the brunt of this was neca yeah neca's movie teenage mutant ninja turtle line has been a problem to get a hold of for quite a while before this, like they were hard to get a hold of. Yeah. And NECA, you know, they have retail presence in target and Walmart. They play the same game. All the other companies play of like, this is a Walmart exclusive. This is a target exclusive, yeah. blah, 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 which does make things harder, but I don't think is the real problem. Right. Um, but uh, for some reason they re-released the movie two packs and that's when it all really started kicking off. They sold out in seconds. The customers were furious. Hundreds and hundreds of comments on Twitter, which might not seem like a lot, but if you're mad enough to like actively yell at a company, like, <laughs> and Nick is not like a huge company, like th- there's a problem. Sometimes thousands of comments. Yeah. So the movie turtle sold out. Then they released some of their cartoon figures, the Casey Jones and Metalhead. Those right. sold out in seconds. Right. Then they released uh, some of their San Diego Comic-Con set, the Mutagen set, Predator set, sold out in seconds. Like literally, I would be sitting there and as soon as it went live, some of these I would put in my cart yeah. and then disappear. So unprecedented. Uh, and NECA really bore the brunt of people's frustration and anger. Um some somewhat like I could see somewhat maybe that deserved, but also undeserved because Hasbro had the same yeah. thing happen to them. Yeah. Um, you know, Mattel's had this happening to them. Like this is just a thing in the toy community now. It's part of the perfect storm where we don't have Toys R Us to cater to the toy community, particularly the adult collectors. And then we also have the fact that we're all doing this from home and doing it online when a lot of this is brick and mortar traffic creators, they wanted to get people into Walmart and only Walmart have it. So you go to the shelf and you buy it and then everybody's bored and has money. So they want to, you know, they're, they're watching it immediately. And then the bot situation. So all these things are adding up and everybody's, no one really seemed to be safe 
other than companies that didn't have the same business model, which would be, I'd say, Super 7 didn't seem to have an issue because they do their pre-order, they keep their pre-order open for X amount of time, and then after that, then you either got it or you didn't. There's a few aftermarket options. If you were to you know, want to buy it from a, a, a reseller that has been doing it for a long time, you can do that. But generally, you have a month to purchase the item, and then you have it. So... When this went down, NECA got hammered really hard because they had a lot of releases during that time, a lot of bots getting them. But I think a lot of the backlash came when they started getting really snarky on Twitter. It was a <laughs> lot of, it was all this clapbacking. And I get that you don't want, if you're running the campaign, the, the Twitter profile, and you're getting all this, you're trying really hard to get your product to your customer, and then you feel like you're getting attacked. And I believe it's run by Randy, one of the the head uh, so, logistics officer. Or whatever. I'm not sure his exact position, but he's high up on there handling logistics for the company, handling the Twitter. And he's usually really good about trying to communicate with the customers and um, tell them when their shipments are going out you know, from the warehouse to Walmart. And he's been doing that for a long time. But then all of a sudden, this stuff didn't go well, and he's getting hammered. Uh, and some of them, I'm sure people get nasty on Twitter. Uh, but I feel like it got doubled when he started to like get really nasty back at them. And I just don't think that's the way you do it. It's never a good look. Like I get it. It's really, really hard to separate your personal feelings from like business. When it feels like every from business, When, when it feels like everyone's yelling at your business and I'm sure he's very invested in his business. It's very hard to separate your feelings. Yeah. But it's never a good look to start clapping back at angry, frustrated people. Yeah. It, like, especially some of them weren't even that, like, people being that r- mean. They're really. sarcastic like, one-liners. Like, you just unveiled Metalhead? Yeah, no one will be getting that one. And then it'll be like, then he'll say something to that. Like, why did you have to say anything to that? Yeah, there, there was just some distasteful stuff. Um, yeah. Or telling people in the middle of a pandemic, uh, the hunt is what makes it worth it. Just <laughs> you're not going to enough stores. <laughs> yeah, along yeah. those lines. I don't know the exact words, but along those lines. I remember that one. Like, everyone complaining about not getting the toys and then like picking and choosing to retweet like people buying six of them or <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that exact scenario happened, but there were just little things like that, that clearly the NECA community wasn't really all that hyped about because yeah. every time it happened, there would be like 300 comments of people like, why did you do this? This right. is lame. Um, so it just wasn't a good look while I can appreciate both sides. Like it's not fun to have people crapping on what feels like crapping yeah, on it you. was unfair what he experienced uh, but he doubled down and that was uh, yeah. a, a worse way to handle it then um, everybody was trying i just want to say i feel like the next thing is he tried to explain how things went down uh by doing an interview with pixel dan you want to talk a little bit about about that piece yeah uh pixel dan is the man yes. first of all we love him one of the few people in the toy community so far that I haven't had a, some issue with to some degree of like, I don't know, just usually someone does something and I'm like, Oh, that's crappy. But like, I haven't had that with pixel Dan. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, but in the interview with Randy, while I appreciated the information of like 
the situation. Context. In. Yeah. yeah, the context is great. I mean, I'm not one of those ones who are getting all, like, I was bummed when I yeah. couldn't get certain stuff, but I'm not one of those ones who's like, oh, you should go kill yourself, NECA. Yeah. <laughs> like, anything like that. And I will admit that I made, like, one or two, like, jabs, like, funny uh, jabs, but nothing, like, mean. Yeah, right. um, nothing but personal. The the context was good. However, it kind of worked both ways. It gave context on like, yeah, NECA's in this tough situation with their distributors and like having the context of like, well, Wal- if you cancel orders in on Walmart's website as a vendor, that's goes negative against you. Right. So if you're trying to enforce a one per customer, but someone gets 10 and you cancel those orders, that makes NECA look bad to Walmart. Right. And they really rely on the in-store distribution because that's that's a huge thing to have like a storefront where you can get those impulse buys. Right. I'm sure that's a big part of their business. And so like that sort of context was great. And what wasn't so great was a lot of the like still very like angry, very like emotional, very like condescending yeah. stuff to say about fans. And uh I it actually really turned me off to NECA like quite a bit. Yeah. Like uh it just didn't make me feel like it was a good situation like or something I wanted to support either way. Even though I totally get why they might feel that way as a business, I personally don't feel like it should be that way. I don't think you should be clapping back at your customers and like Yeah. So it it just it wasn't a good look. So know. yeah, so when I watched it I had a range of emotions. I appreciated him giving context, but I couldn't shake the fact that I felt like he just had a bad attitude towards uh, the whole situation. And he pretty much, instead of saying, I'm sorry, we'll do better, which even if it wasn't his fault, like even if like, I feel like he's been painted into a corner with these big box stores. They got a vice grip on his balls and he's doing the best he can. And they're, since this all happened, they've done some uh, strides to really try to make the customer happy. But when he's talking about, and this is his opportunity to make nice with the, the with his customers, he basically claims that instant gratification is a major cause of the of all the blowback. So it was just basically like everybody's just being really whiny, and that's the problem. It's like, nah, dude, yeah. like. Wasn't don't make that. excuses yeah. and say that uh, everybody is just whiny. It was just poorly uh, communicated. And I think he cares about his customers, and I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I just I was just angry at his attitude towards everything. Like they seem like some legitimate issues, but it was dressed in this like. I mean, you know, look, like uh, we're doing the best we can. And you guys are being mean to me. I mean, that's the way it felt. Yeah. And it's like, like guys, like you're a business, and we want to buy your fucking product. <laughs> Help us with that. And you know what they they, but their actions have shown that they're trying. Uh, case in yeah. point, the the Toka and Razor two pack that they decided right after that. Well, they announced during that interview that they're going to have a. I think it was a week pre order. The however many you want to order, you can order. It's not going to just sell out. It's just an open pre order for a week. And you can uh, you can secure your two pack, and that's for the TMNT two Secret of the Ooze movie. Um, I didn't get in on it, but I know a lot of people were excited about it, and this is a great way for them to to get a hold of it. So yeah. that's showing steps in the right direction. Just don't be <laughs> no completely like, and they're doing open pre orders for other stuff. Like so, like yeah. they're listening and they're trying their best. I think it's just like 
that emotion that they're allowed, like, like the fact that you can tell they're taking it so personally yeah, is not a great look and it doesn't make me feel good even being involved in the situation. Yeah. I know that's hard. I know like, I don't know. Randy's not a robot and I'm sure he's no. a nice guy, but the interactions make it seem like he's not necessarily someone I want to support, which is a shame. Yeah. Like they do make cool toys, but I'm a, a shopper who like does, I don't want to say moral compass. I don't think it's a moral I, issue. But I think the I good on every level yeah. of my life and the purchases I make when I decide to get something, I want to feel good on every level. And that interview and like his interactions don't make me feel good. So I don't think, I don't think I want to be a part of it anymore. Yeah. I no, I, I hear you. And I think on the other side of things, we have been so impressed with Brian Flynn and how he's handled Super 7's business model that they have and just making toys available. It's kind of been this flip side coin where you see how things have gone, been real volatile on the NECA side. And this is, they both are offering, you know, Ninja Turtles toys. And we are just so, so into the Super 7 Ultimates line and we've only got one in hand <laughs> and we just but we really appreciate how he handles his customers and um, it's showing that their business model works really well in this climate and I don't think anyone knew how things would go down like you have one way of doing business they have another way of doing business it seems to be really working for Super 7 and I think you know with these open pre-orders that NECA is doing they just did the super shredder pre-order on their website like they they're seeing that yeah it does work like if you do it yeah. that way and i thought they were locked into doing it a certain way and it doesn't seem like they are so i think that's just a pivot that they've had to make um so for sure and like for super shredder that pre-order there were plenty of people on twitter being like hey i got one like thank you um yeah and but the reaction to that seems to be less than the reaction to people who are angry. I think that's and how Twitter shows works. This, like, yeah, I don't know. But I also think it shows like maybe a little bit of the mentality. Sure. Like clapping back is more a priority than like, hey, I'm, I'm glad you got it. Like, yeah. Oh, I see. Their responses to their. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Just keep it, if you try to keep it positive. <laughs> they do. But they're in a, this is what's hard about it and why I have to go based on how it makes me feel and not necessarily the facts. Because when all the bad stuff was happening and they would post people who got it and said, thank you, people would be like, oh, way to rub it in, asshole. So yeah. like, I, it feels like they're kind of while I don't like the attitude of some of their stuff, they are kind of in a no win situation. Yeah. And that's why it'd be very beneficial to like take your emotions out of it and just do what you're you can do, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There, there's, there's but room for after the, the super spectacular stay at home, con special or whatever it was where they re- showed all their San Diego comic con stuff and released it on their website. Like, um, and it was all available. It wasn't like a mad scramble. Like, um, if you wanted it, you could have gotten it if you were paying attention yeah. to that at all, which was a breath of fresh air. Um, and then also I saw some interviews with Brian Flynn with pixel Dan that actually made me feel the opposite way of the way the Randy interview made me feel where he said like, well, Randy had some stuff of like, well, these are collectibles. We can't just make, we can't just make a ton of them because I keep it collectible. Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay. I guess I kind of understand that mentality, but like, I don't know. You don't go to Walmart to actually buy collectibles. You go to Walmart to like get yeah. mass stuff. Right. Well, but that, that and side, 
yeah, go ahead. Was with uh, Brian was like, I want everyone who wants this to have it. And so if something sells out too quick, I'm going to make more so yeah. that everyone who wants it can have that feeling of having it. Yeah. And I just really respect that yeah. attitude a lot more. Now, two different situations as well. Super 7 isn't fighting for retail space and all of that stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of variations, but one of those interviews made me feel really good and want to support a company. One of them made me feel really bad and not want to support a company. So, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I think it's important to take note of these things. Not uh, that Super 7 doesn't have their own issues. That's true. That we might talk about someday. Um, we'll get all the stuff together. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that they may have rushed a particular toy line. And uh, we're going to find out how that all went down. And But overall, we've been very happy with their product. And uh, hopefully, if the toys are available, buy it. It's been a rough uh, pre-order season with everything going on. But... The other uh, interesting convention that normally happens that didn't happen was PowerCon. And if you're a He-Man fan, this is something that you may know about where they they unveil new toys. Well, usually, I don't know. They have like an exclusive or two. And then with the... I don't know what they talked about for like the last 10 years. I mean, Classics was going on. But like besides that, like... yeah. Well, going on with he-man <laughs> maybe it was more of like uh oh you guys are still into it too oh, okay cool and then because <laughs> i don't think they had much to really reveal i know they've always had like a convention exclusive and this year they had a really cool set of uh the original sketch designs would you call it noah yeah the original uh solicitation artwork designs yeah yeah uh, and, and they made prototypes of them as well. Yeah. So. Okay. So, yeah. So like the prototype designs. So like Skeletor has a different design. Beastman uh, has a kind of a different design. They're all very similar, and you can tell who they are. But they some really interesting appointments to them. And it was like a a, a set of five in a really cool box. Um, but what was really interesting is they've been releasing the. Right around now, they've been uh, pushing out the Origins line, which is the 5.5-inch Masters of the Universe line that is open to only Walmart right now. But next year, they're going to open it up to all big box. It's a big release, and I think that it's going to go in hand with a new Netflix show. And Mattel took it took it over recently from Super 7 because they had dropped the ball for a few years and it wasn't really making them a bunch of money. And, um, at this point, is that true or, or is that conjecture or is that uh, actually what I, all I can tell you, I don't know how it changed back over. So let me keep it that way. But super seven definitely had been filling in the gap to feed the hardcore fans, continuing the classics line, which is like the six inch line. And they were making a 5.5 retro line. That was a little more on the filmation side, um, to to kind of feed that nostalgia. And then then we found out, I guess, last year that they were going to have this Origins line, which is a 5.5-inch line of toys that have more articulation and should be uh, in Walmart first and then be everywhere afterwards. Well, we're starting to see the first line show up, and it's spotty right now, and people are, you know, all the collectors are clamoring, and we, we don't know how available... It's going to be because Walmart is currently doing all the replan- the planogram resets. So it's hard to tell how available they're going to be. But I will say that Mattel seems very confident that they're going to, that they won't be hard to get. So I'm right. going to trust them until otherwise they're buying a lot of 
uh, space inside Walmart for it. I've seen a shipper uh, in Texas. They had like a big shipper that had a whole bunch of He-Man figures on it. So they're definitely going big with it. We just don't know how hot they're going to be because everybody really wants them. But PowerCon, eh, they announced some some new figures. Yeah, uh, and to be honest, I was not ex- I wasn't into or excited about Motu Origins until PowerCon because um, they re- they tease some really cool stuff. You can watch everything online. I think the the panels moderated by Pixel Dan. He's the hero we need. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if but he, not deserve. <laughs> no, but we need him. If you watch oh, it, oh, oh, need, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, they've got like some really cool stuff. Like uh, particularly, what made me excited. So the origin lines, like the cheap line, they're fifteen bucks. They're for little kids. The paint apps aren't great. Yeah, like the there the action features. I don't know if you don't know the original. Motu line, like a lot of the toys had action features like power punching or like, well, the action features on these lines are that you can pose them and they'll hold their weapons. <laughs> so like, it's a little like scaled back. However, at PowerCon, they announced deluxe figures, which I'm really excited about. Yes. Uh, Battle damage, He-Man and Skeletor with the actual moving drum in the chest. Yes. And they come with extra heads and weapons and they're only $5 more. Uh, I believe yeah. like $5 more than the, yeah. the main line. And you actually get a real action fe- feature and like what's cool about it though. He-Man head. Yes. Well, get the original He-Man head instead of the new one. So really cool. And just shows that Mattel is listening to people because everyone who is an old fan was like, yeah, this is cool. But what's up with that head? I want the original <laughs> He-Man head. <laughs> so like super cool. The deluxe. And then my favorite part, uh, of what they did. Do you want to talk about it, Carl? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Panther. Okay. This oh, yeah. was a, this was a point of contention. Everyone was like, what? No flocked Panther. The yeah, original ahead of, ahead of the, 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 the panel, I would say a couple days before, uh, they let pixel Dan leak a photo of Panther and he's just smooth purple plastic. So just yeah. so you know that that's what they released. And everybody, of course, like you were saying, Where's the flock? It needs to be fuzzy. What the fuck? Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, no flock. That's bullshit. Which, by the way, is the least of my problems with those tigers. Their articulation is terrible. (laughs) But like, okay, no flocking. Whatever. I'm not a Motu fanboy. But um, in the actual announcement, they uh, showed the the first leak, Panthor, with no flocking. And then they showed a deluxe version that had flocking and trolled everybody and it was awesome it was and the not best only does the panther have flocking the box has flocking so it was just like extra like uh we're, we we're like f you guys we love you but like f you okay here's <laughs> what like <laughs> yeah awesome. uh, they clearly had it planned to do a flocking one because they'd already figured it out to be a walmart exclusive they and they had already had it designed and they showed a picture of it so it's i don't think that they pulled it out within a couple of days i think it's something they planned on but it's just hilarious yeah. i think what's been really interesting and we'll get into it uh after we've finished talking about it but they they the listening to the fans is going to be key to their success and it's they're clearly doing it and a lot of companies aren't doing that and they have their ear to the ground 
and uh, Motu fans seem to be very discerning, and I think that they know this, and they have the right people that care about the product, because it was a panel about the the team that's been designing it, and they seem to be really passionate about um, this line, so um, they're collectors themselves, and are happy to bring well, this to everybody. This is really, like, if you're going to bring back a retro line, this is the super smart way to do it, because, like, yeah, collectors, honestly, Motu collectors, like hardcore ones, there probably aren't like new ones being made every day. I think the fan base is probably shrinking with like people getting old and dying because um, there isn't a lot of new latch on points for right. kids or Yet. like even older collectors. Like it's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of cool, but I wasn't alive for that cartoon i wasn't alive for that toy line so like who cares and that's kind of where i was at um but so when they start so they're really smart in that they're releasing like 15 dollars toys to get little kids into it they're gonna have a cartoon and like all this stuff to start a new generation and like that wasn't enough for me i was like oh that's kind of cool like i like some of these characters but i don't need like a 15 dollars garbage toy (laughs) of like a character i don't care about but then they're going above and they're like, okay, like these are for like the normies, but for you, like Motu hardcore, here's the next level of stuff you can get into if you want. And that's what kind of started getting me was like, okay, these, these next level ones with the better paint apps and stuff, this is actually pretty cool. Like it's a good way to get a little Motu collection. Like, I don't know. I just think it's really smart how they did it. Yeah. They, I don't know how much of it was listening after the first wave, but I think so far they're doing it well. And if this is readily available, like they say it's going to be, and it does as well as it seems, this is going to show everybody how to do it. Like It yeah. seems like they've got the recipe down. It's Mattel. They've been in the toy game forever. They know how to do this, and they've lined everything up. They were doing the first wave of Origins, uh, popping in and out of stock and letting people. So I think they've been trickling stock for the over the summer because I didn't expect to see them until fall. And then they're finally hitting shelves here uh, in August. And I think they have pretty much the this whole second half of August to set up the displays and Walmarts to really push that product. I think we're going to have the Netflix special. I haven't heard a whole lot about it, but the Netflix show is supposed to be... Um, this this fall and then all smith, the, Ke- sorry kevin smith is involved so it could go either way yeah 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 but he, i mean it's an animated thing and the the voice cast is awesome you should go check it out i can't remember everybody who's on it but there are a bunch of people you know and uh it, it's netflix who's been putting out great animated stuff uh as of late and the toy product this is something that, yeah, he called it a garbage toy. That's bullshit. <laughs> they're nicer than that. But it's they're, an entry point. But I get what you're saying. Like, class, what classics was, but the price point isn't there. Like, yeah, that's, it's half it's, the price. It's not a hardcore collector toy. Right. And but it can be. Masters of the Universe right now are hardcore collectors. Yeah. They don't have a casual fan base yet. Right, right. So, so they're... And, and uh, honestly, when the first batch of uh, Motu figures hit in the 80s, I don't think that the the TV show was around right at the same time. I think they may have had toys prior. I'll have to check the facts on that. But people didn't necessarily know who they were. They were just buying cool-looking figures. And they're like, hey, we could do that again and get the old guys to buy them for their kids. 
And it, they also might want it because they're fun and they're cheap and they'll be readily available. And I, it's a catch-all product. Now, there's a lot of people that are not happy that the uh, nicer uh, collectible six-inch toys, the uh, classics ended. And what they decided to do is next year they're going to have a uh, a new product that is called Masterverse that are going to be a seven-inch line of toys that are uh, supposed to be, I think, $20 uh, retail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and should be uh, catered to the adult collector. And I'm thinking they're going to be along the lines of like the what McFarlane's putting out, the DC multiverse stuff that's 20 bucks. And those are really great for what they are. So we don't know much about it. They won't talk about it, but they're going to have that product line. And, but I will say that Noah and I, I think are the most excited about the deluxe toys uh, in the line coming next year with the Battle Armor He-Man, Battle Armor Skeletor, uh, Ram Man, he's going to have that like, you know, that Ram feature. Um, those are really cool. They are going to work like the old ones. Don't forget about Clamp Champ. And Clamp Champ, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Wave 2 has Merman, Stratos, Roboto, and Ninjor. So, like, they're they're getting some deep cuts in with some uh, tried-and-true core characters. Those are just the $15 price point. Then the deluxe figures are Ram Man, and then the two Battle Armor, uh, He-Man Skeletor, and Clamp Champ uh, with the extra accessories and, and capability. And then you got the Panthor. They're doing Land Shark. It was really funny to watch that, that panel because they had all the comments scrolling at the bottom and when they released that panthor uh picture and it was like no flocking no flocking it was like all this like and then so we got to see it in real time when they released and uh, we heard you boom flocking and then they're like what um another thing was like hey what what kind of vehicles do you guys want and so many people wanted land shark and i'm like i actually because i'm newer to it i wasn't really aware of land shark but they showed the old commercial of land shark and uh it's you know the chomping you know shark uh vehicle and it looked awesome and they're like we're doing land shark so yeah, it was pretty neat. And then everyone was like, "Hey, what about these crappy knees on your toys?" And <laughs> Pixel Dam was like, "You know what? I'm gonna be the hero they need." And he asked them about it, <laughs> and it was kind of a little bit awkward. <laughs> yeah, but- I, I it was. He had every opportunity to pass on that. He's a true fan of the original toys, and he being the moderator and he has this great relationship with uh, Mattel. He's got a book coming out. I've been really impressed with not only what he's done for that community, but the fact that Mattel embraces him as this kind of uh, spokesperson for the community. And I'm I'm so sure that he's the reason they made some of the changes. Like, specifically, they probably like, hey, Dan, what do you think of this? And like, that's bullshit. No one's going to like that. And then they probably went back to the, or like, hey, guys, like, you know, these are cool, but no one likes that He-Man head. Like any of the collectors, the kids will be fine with it, but the collectors don't like that head. I get that it's probably the same head that the cartoon's going to have. I think that's probably what they did. <laughs> but uh, And they just put it on the toys before so they can have that continuity. But the collectors don't want it. And they're like, all right, cool. We're going to put the classic head in the deluxe figure. And then you're paying that extra five bucks for the... For the head and the battle axe and the shield and everything. So, and the action features. Yeah, the action features, exactly. 
So uh, I think this is the recipe for something really great. I'm hoping that it goes as well as they seem to think it's going to go. We're, we're scared just because of how everything else has gone. Um, toys are really hot right now. Uh, it's hard to get a hold of stuff. Um, and we just don't want Motu to be another one that's like that. So, yeah. Would you guys something to say? No, it's I. I have a problem. <laughs> Did you just buy something while we were talking? <laughs> yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> oh wait, 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 guys! I think we just witnessed uh, his silence as a purchase of a toy. <laughs> I have a problem. That's all. Uh, is it? Hold on. Let me see if I need to buy it too. What is it? Is it something uh, on Twitter? Uh, it was on eBay. It was on eBay. Oh, okay, okay. I don't want to say because I'm working through a collection and I don't need it to shoot up. No, I I respect that. But uh, did you win already? Yeah. uh Oh, is it good? It's good. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll talk about that offline. Uh, But I think that's all we got, guys. Uh, A lot of we'll see if we get a New York Comic Con. Um, They just canceled it. So we'll see if we get like a stay at home and some toy reveals on that. Maybe we'll have a smaller segment. It's usually not as big. Um, but I think Super 7 usually has a couple things, and I'm sure some other companies might have something. So that would be interesting to have a little bit of coverage. Maybe we'll talk about some comics. Uh, I know we got a lot of comic fans out there. I do want to start talking about them, but we just haven't uh, got around to figuring out how to insert that into our current repertoire. But we'll get there. Uh, I think that's it, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember that you should subscribe to us on Apple podcast spotify stitcher carl come on remember that we love you and we're all in this together we're all working through life trying to enjoy our fandoms trying to enjoy our communities and we're so lucky to like have all of this cool stuff to be a part of yeah and uh we're really want you all to come on this journey with us and be a part of it. Reach out on our Instagram, on our Twitter, send us emails, tell us what you want to hear about. Tell us like what we can do to make your lives better. I am greatly invested in that. And if you are at all interested in making our lives a little bit better, you can leave us a written five-star review on uh, Apple podcasts and we'll, we'll send you some free stickers as a thank you. Um, You can subscribe to us. Um, just little things, you know, that take a couple seconds for you, but would really mean a lot to us. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming on this journey. Yeah. Uh, just tell your friends, spread the word. Uh, we just need to get in more ear holes. So help us get to others too. Yeah. And your enemies, specifically your enemies. (laughs) Hey, fuck you. Also (laughs) check out play with the podcast. Uh, we're at Play With It Podcast Show on Instagram. We're at Play With It Pod on Twitter. Say hey, say hello. Uh, I'm pretty active on there. You'll see um, mostly my collection, but sometimes when Noah sends me a really sweet photo, I'll post it on there too. Um, and uh, you know, we love being a part of the communities. So say hey, and uh, you want to play us out, Noah? Yeah. Uh, why don't you guys just play with it? <laughs> <laughs>